Welcome to the ChatGPT Podcast. I'm your host, Jaden Schaefer. Each episode, we dive into the latest developments in the exciting field of artificial intelligence, exploring its applications and potential impacts on our daily lives. I just released a bombshell investigative podcast piece about inflection AI and the dangers it poses to humanity. This is right on the back of Inflection raising $1.3 billion and becoming the second most funded AI startup behind OpenAI. The episode is called Inflection AI Raises $1.5 Billion, Thinks Ecology is More Important Than Human Life. If you haven't listened to this, I urge you to listen to this critical episode. I'll leave a link in the description to the podcast and a corresponding article with the full transcripts of my conversation with Inflection's Pi chatbot. Today may feel like Microsoft's AI Day. There is a couple really interesting news stories I wanted to cover around Microsoft specifically and AI and the reason why it feels like it's Microsoft's AI day I've already recorded a podcast today about some interesting things coming out of Microsoft is because they're currently in you know in the heat of things with this big FTC lawsuit where the FTC essentially is trying to block their acquisition of um, Activision Blizzard which is a gaming um, studio and they're Microsoft's trying to pay 70 billion dollars for this but the FTC is blocking it now as they're trying to block it um, they're able to, you know, call on a lot of uh, different memos from within Microsoft and they have to publish them as part of the lawsuit. And consequently, because of that, we're finding out a lot of really interesting information from within Microsoft um, based off of this lawsuit. But it's teaching us a lot of really interesting things about their strategy and about AI and what they're doing there. So we have a really interesting story regarding that. We have a big announcement out of Windows about some new features and AI features that they're going to be adding to Windows. Um, and then also some really interesting new tech. So we'll dive into it without any further ado on the podcast. The first thing I want to say is that there was recently a memo released that essentially Microsoft is saying that it knows it's out of touch with Gen Z um, and their plan to lure them back to Microsoft is AI. So apparently um, there is a quote-unquote relatively low share of of Gen Z users compared to competitors and that Microsoft essentially saying that this could be a quote-unquote long-term risk. So the memo was obviously released with this whole lawsuit, but essentially Microsoft is saying they know that, um, well, essentially the the CEO said, our relatively low share in these segments presents a long-term risk to our overall modern workplace business. Um, And he was, you know, he was saying this June 7th to last year to their board of directors. And I think what's really interesting here is the fact that they know they're they're losing market share and they know exactly where they're losing it to. They said um, when referring to Gen Z users and what they prefer to use, they said they prefer to use, quote unquote, simple, lightweight and collaboration first applications who scale through freemium business models and bottom up adoption within companies. Now, this is absolutely nothing shocking, right? Gen Z is going to be using Google Docs, Google Sheets. Why would they be using Microsoft Office when all of Microsoft Office is typically like a lot of people are using that within their company and their company is paying for it. Or even, you know, I remember back when I was in uh, university, we had a deal to use, you know, Excel and, you know, PowerPoint and that kind of stuff through through like the school would pay for it. But as soon as I left school and it was no longer free, I preferred the Google alternatives for free. And so I think this is what they're seeing with a lot of Gen Z companies or a lot of Gen Z consumers. Why would they be, you know, paying for a lot of Microsoft's um, you know, expensive software. Now, when I say expensive software, obviously Microsoft makes an insane amount of money from this and they've made a lot of money by making sure that corporations are using it, but it's true. Um, there, a lot of this specific audience is focused on kind of these freemium areas 
and they scale up from there. So um, I do think, you know, it's interesting that for them, it's like, oh, like, here's the thing. Microsoft can't just say we're going to make Microsoft Word free because it's such a big source of revenue for them. So it's just kind of interesting that they like have to come up with another solution to, you know, quote unquote, lure um, these new Gen Z, these new Gen Z users because they, you know, like they're competing with free, which is incredibly hard to do. So it's going to be interesting. And they believe the AI is a way to do this. So right on, you know, a year later, since that memo was released, it looks like they really are obviously, um, you know, putting their money where their mouth is. They've released a lot of incredible tools with OpenAI in this space and integrated AI into every single uh, tool they have. And specifically, they are announcing a Windows 11 um, new tool, which essentially is a Windows Copilot. And they're, they have this preview that they're allowing some of their, um, that they're sharing out to their dev channel right now. But essentially what it is, is the fact, so back in May at the Build Conference, they introduced this like Windows Copilot for Windows 11. Um, and so they're actually allowing people to test that out now. They're offering an early look at it. And it does look really interesting. I'm looking at a picture of it right now. And essentially what it is, is you can pull up this like little side panel on the side of your Windows computer and you can ask it any questions you might need. Um, it does actually look really useful because you can just say in plain text, like, hey, switch my computer over to dark mode and, you know, like mute my microphone or like anything you want your computer to do instead of having to dig through the settings, which I know some people are like, oh, I'm super fast at digging through my settings. Like, congratulations. But like, for dude, I swear for some things, especially on my phone. So I'll sound like a, I know I'll sound uh, tech illiterate for this, but on my phone, sometimes I cannot figure out how to change something very simple in the settings. It's frustrating. Um, you know, I'm not sure exactly what area it's in. And so I sit there searching and like clicking on, you know, different going down different branches on my phone's settings till I try to finally find the right thing and change it. Maybe I'm the only one in the world. I, I doubt it. Maybe it's me and a lot of older people. Who knows? But in any case, um, this seems like a feature that would be very useful where you can just put in plain text what you want to set up, um, you know, say something like, hey, turn on uh, dark mode from the hours of six, six, you know, p.m. till 6 a.m. or you know for me I like to turn my phone uh into black and white mode sometimes um to make it less distracting or less uh bright so there's a lot of different things you can do and I think this is going to be a really cool a cool feature I did see something very interesting so of course you're going to ask it different questions it essentially is also uh the Bing like uh the Bing AI browser um, so you can ask it things like you were searching on a search engine as well and get those kind of responses, but you can also do things specifically for your computer, which I think are useful. But this is what's very interesting that I saw in this kind of side panel they have going on is you can choose a conversation style. You have three options. You have more creative, more balanced, or more precise, right? I think this is really, I think this is a good play by Microsoft because um, I think it defaults to more balanced. So it's just kind of in the middle, but sometimes you want like, if you're using this to write, for example, like creative literature and you're trying to make a creative story and you want this thing to be more creative, like you don't want this to be fact-based. Fact you just want this to be fun and exciting and whatever. And there's a lot of use cases where you might use that. Um, so that's what you'd want. But in other cases, you absolutely need this thing to be dead on, exact, specific, and precise, right? You don't want it hallucinating or saying something crazy. And so in that case, you would be able to toggle that up. So I do think this is an interesting... Um, feature, if nothing else, that they're integrating into this copilot that we're not seeing in a lot of tools like ChatGPT, where I do think this is actually like, you know, when it's, a lot of people are like, oh, like, what are the 
what are the next tools ChatGPT needs to add? And they got like, I'm sure a laundry list that they're, that they're thinking of. This is one that I legitimately think should be put to the forefront of this because this kind of gets at the root cause of what we use ChatGPT and these generative AI text um, tools for. It's interesting because a lot of people are saying like, hey, we are the AI, the AI um, you know, model that does X, Y, and Z. We specifically focus on fact checking or we specifically focus on this or that. And it's like, if, if something like ChatGPT wants to compete with all these different AIs that are kind of like leaning towards these different areas, they don't have to change their entire model to be like, something very specific like that they can just use a, a some sort of toggle like this and maybe that does mean that they actually have three different models they've trained it probably does i'm not 100 sure it may mean that they need three different models depending on the toggle you have it's like gpt4 but it's more creative or gpt4 but it's more precise and then to change like the weights or something in the back end in any case very cool um use case so something interesting about this whole windows copilot thing though specifically is that it's going to appear as a sidebar on the right, but it's not going to overlap with your screen, which I actually think that's really important. Meaning if you're working on a document and you open it up, it's not going to like cover up the side of your document. It will resize the screen so that everything is pushed to the side. I think that's a very you know useful thing that they'll be doing. Um, so in the first preview, you can ask it a bunch of different questions and you can ask it, you know, to change it, change your computer to dark mode, turn on, do not disturb, take a screenshot, you know, summarize a website, write a story about a dog who lives on the moon, make a picture of a, uh, you know, a fish pond with lily pads. So they're, they're integrating more than just the chat. They got the images in there as well. And I think this is going to be a very interesting tool. Um, they have a specific icon on the top right that is going to, you know, summarize feedback on any issues that you run into. Um, and it's going to be, I think this is going to be a really interesting tool. I think it's going to get a lot of adoption. Um, they did say they, in their little release, they said, please note that not everyone, there, not everything shown at um, build for Windows Copilot is included in the first early preview. For example, Windows Copilot has a basic set of Windows settings plugins, but no third-party plugin support yet. Over time, features will be added as we refine the Windows Copilot experience with Windows Insiders. So I think that this is, you know, obviously a really big step for them and a really big feature, but they're slow rolling this. They're not going to release it too fast because they want to make sure the quality is really good um, and what they actually produce is something that people want. So I think Microsoft is making some big plays. I'm, you know, I'm not 100% sure if this is going to completely capture the, the Gen Z market that they're so desperately looking to um, grab. One last piece of news out of Microsoft I wanted to cover today, then I promise I'll be done talking about Microsoft maybe for the week. Who knows? If they release something crazy, I'll have to bring it to you. But the one last uh, piece of news out of Microsoft that I did think was quite interesting is the fact that um, their new AI, they're, they're creating essentially some new AI that's going to help you shop on Bing and Edge, right? They're trying to push people over back to Microsoft Edge. Um, and the idea is that it's going to create buying guides. Um, it's going to help you with reviews and help you with price matching and they're integrating AI into all of this. So essentially Bing shopping is getting a overhaul and they're adding a bunch of new, interesting AI features to it. So um, I think this is, you know, following Microsoft in February, they unveiled Bing search power, uh, Bing search, um, which is powered by ChatGPT, And they essentially called this an AI powered copilot for the web. That's their slogan for it. Um, and essentially you can do things like making shopping lists. You can summarize PDFs, you can generate LinkedIn posts and write everything you can do with ChatGPT, and maybe more you can do on Bing. It, it kind of goes back and forth. Sometimes, uh, Bing can do a little bit more. Sometimes they front run some features and sometimes OpenAI catches up. But in any case, 
these I want to talk about three specific areas um, where AI is now going to be included for online shopping. And this is, I think, particularly important um, as we're about to see a bunch of different, you know, sales events coming up. We have Amazon Prime Day. We have Walmart Plus Week. We have Target Circle Week. We have Best Buy's Black Friday in July, um, which I think is essentially Amazon Prime Day became a big thing. And now Walmart, Target and Best Buy are all trying to like kind of piggyback off of that. And then now it looks like Bing is trying to get in with their own thing soon. Um, but this is what they're doing. So the first thing they're doing in e-commerce is buying guides. So Bing is going to use AI to generate buying guides, which are tailored on your shopping related searches. So those guides are going to, those guides are going to take um, search terms like college supplies, and they'll offer categories, product suggestions, and tables comparing items and the buying guides can actually be accessed in bing chat or in the edge sidebar um, and the bing guides are available in the u.s right now and they're coming soon to other markets um, and the edge buying guides are starting to roll out worldwide so i think this is really interesting they're they're kind of building these like quote-unquote buying guides which sounds to me really i don't know like really corporate like um I don't know, really corporate really consumer Like they're, they're just trying to like create more stuff to make you buy things. But I actually do think that they're going to offer some information, some interesting information and some relevant stuff that might actually be useful. They're also going to do review summaries. So, you know, we love to dive into all of the reviews of the latest products and they're going to help summarize those reviews. And they're essentially they'll use AI um, to suggest specific aspects about a purchase that you might be interested in. The third thing they're doing is price match. So once you picked out a product, Microsoft Shopping Tool um, is going to price match with, well, essentially the company, they partner with a bunch of different US retailers who have existing price match policies. Um, so even after a purchase, the feature will monitor the price's item and help you request a match if the price on your item drops. This is really, really interesting. And to be 100% honest, I would use... Uh, Bing shopping or whatever over Amazon or anything else for this feature like come on like how many times have you purchased something on Amazon and then you go back like two weeks later and there's like a sale or it's cheaper and there's kind of like this like bad taste in your mouth because you wish you had bought it sooner so apparently they'll be using AI to help monitor price drops in a bunch of different areas on a bunch of different platforms um, and they're going to actually lower the price or give you a refund if the price drops so I think that is a very interesting tool obviously Microsoft is absolutely all in on AI right now they're making big plays in every area of their company. And so these are some very interesting features and tools they're launching um, that we'll be interested to continue following into the future. We just launched our AI Creators Discord community. If you're looking for a really kind of hands-on and innovative place to talk to other people making amazing things in AI, you need to join this community. Obviously, it's a lot more interactive than a podcast where we can actually share prompts and software and tools that we're using to create really interesting use cases. We'd love to have you join and become part of the community. If you don't use Discord, there's also always the Facebook group. I'll link both of those down in the description. You've been listening to the ChatGPT podcast. Make sure to rate us wherever you listen to your podcasts and have a fantastic week.